Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker. And as always, brought to you by our friends over at Expand the Box Score. So, a week ago, we began our uh, divisional previews, trying to break this down and get it all done in time before the actual NFL season kicks off. Uh, some of these we're recording a little bit in advance. So, if there's some major catastrophic injury and it looks like we're behind the times, we're actually way ahead but that is what it is so walk how are you this is our second one uh afc north here where do you want to get started i'm doing fantastic john and this might seem like a random question but how do you feel about foghorn leghorn oh, love foghorn leghorn <laughs> <laughs> check, check the outtakes yeah it, it all makes sense um, all the looney tunes all of them everybody you know, that you that we are told uh is terrible and canceled canceled yeah Look, great time to, it was a great time to be a kid you watch yeah. watch peppy Le Pew now and you go oh i'm Marvin triggered Marshall. yeah shit's funny <laughs> yeah. yeah when do we lose our sense of humor yeah um i'm doing great and uh you know like i said we we knocked the rust off with the with the east and now we're going north which is was historically the black and blue division and now i think is a super exciting Division, to, to be honest with you, like they finally gotten with the times and realized you have to score a couple trending points. the right direction. Yeah, I mean they still play some ugly games here and there, but oh. by and large, you know, you're, some... uh, yeah, you have to score some points. So we're going to sit through some six to threes this year. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh's going to do their damnedest to drag this, you know, <laughs> into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, the the rest of the teams, I don't believe so much. And, you know, we'll just start with the Cincinnati Bengals, who uh, the Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Joe, I think is amazing. Burrow, I'm such a fan of Joe Burrow. Dude just looks like he has ice water in his veins. Like that's that, that dude, if you're a Bengal fan, dude, congratulations. Not that, not that I'm lacking here with my Jalen Hurts love, but Joe Burrow just looks like the dude, <laughs> the, you know, like the, the poster child of a franchise quarterback, right? Just baseball, unflappable. Baseball cl- yeah, baseball closers mentality. Yeah, just unflappable. Lo- love the dude. Game's never over. And top five dynasty quarterback. But what did they do in free agency? Irv Smith. That's what they did. That's, that's, <laughs> that's one year deal for old, old Irv, Swerving Irv Smith, you know, who has, I think, more tattoos than career touchdowns in the NFL, but he's already predicted that he's, he's going to have a great year in Cincinnati fighting for, you know, the, the fifth target scraps <laughs> in this offense. But Hey, Hayden Hurst had a passable fantasy season yeah. a year ago. So it's not out of the realm of reality, but he got a one year deal. So they're not even that enamored with Irv Smith. They just needed to draft another guy or sorry, to just to, add another guy because they lost Hertz to the Carolina Panthers. What did they do in the draft? Not a lot. Again, Charlie Jones at 429, Chase Brown at 529, and then Andre Yusovis at 629. So day three capital at wide receiver and running back, and it's because they're pretty locked up at wide receiver right now. Neither of those guys have seen the field barring injury. I mean, it's Chase, uh, Higgins, and Boyd all day long. Irv Smith at tight end. Uh, you know, Joe Mixon has you know, taking a stranglehold on the running back position with Samaje Auchi Pirine finally leaving town and heading down to, to Denver to take his 
Yeah. Uh, he can, he can hold his wrist at a mile high, <laughs> his weak self, you know, to a mile high city. But, you know, as the Bengals ultimately just stayed in that Super Bowl pocket. You know, they, they didn't really target, you know, any offensive players. It was defense in line um, in the draft and in free agency. They brought in Orlando Brown to reinforce the trenches. I already mentioned the aforementioned rotating one-year tight end in Irv Smith. Samaj P. Ryan out of town means that one of Travion Williams, Chris Evans, or Chase Brown will have to take a big leap to eat into Joe Mixon's workload this year. Last year, Joe Mixon only had a 56% snap share in 2022, while Samaj P. Ryan saw 40% of snaps on the year. So now I don't see any of those three being a 40% snap guy in this offense. They can talk up Travion Williams as much as they want, and Chase Brown can be as athletic as he wants to be. This is a Super Bowl win-now team with Joe Barrow under center. I think we're going to see a spike in mixing carries this year. They haven't released him. He's going to be on the team at this point in time. He's becoming extremely cuttable after this year. A lot of contracts are coming down the pike for them. I think they could just run Mixon into the ground this year and then move on. So in redraft, I think Mixon is a target as a late running back enthusiast. Go, you know, you can probably get Mixon in the fourth round, uh, fifth round uh, at this point in time without looking at ADP. But I think he's in for a good PPR season in that offense because I just don't believe in any of the rest of the guys. I did skip over their win total. They are projected uh, over 11.5 plus 105 for that 11.5 odds. They won 12 games. Remember, they had a game, no contest, against the Buffalo Bills, so they were only 12-4 and last season. So I personally like the Cincinnati Bengals as an over even at that 11.5. And that is reflected in your prediction. Uh, you had them at 15. I had them at 13. So we both have them over. 15. Yeah. There I, there I go again. Another, another 15 win AFC team. Yeah. I mean, I think a 13 win season is well within the cards for them. Yeah. I mean, we not, both duplicating have them last year at 12. I mean, I think they're, you know, a 12 to 13 win team. Yeah. I don't, I don't disagree at all. And, uh, that entire coaching staff owes Joe Burrow breakfast every day for the year because without him, they would have been fired two years ago because they suck. Uh, that is a franchise-changing draft pick in Mr. Joe Burrow. And, and they and they still – I mean, I, I'm still shocked they went to the Super Bowl. I still – like I said, a lot of it's just based on me questioning that coaching staff. I, I still don't – you hate Zach Taylor. That's a, you hate him. Yeah, I do. And Callahan. Yeah. I don't like either. Fake, sh- fake sharp Zach Taylor, but we both like Lou Anarumo. So I mean, <laughs> you, can't, you can't hate the entirety of it, but yeah, there are questions on the offensive side. Yeah. It'll, it, I mean, it, and like, like you said, and franchise changing pick, franchise quarterback, he, he's going to keep them in there. I mean, we've seen a lot of these, with the exception of uh, the Patriots. A lot of these good quarterbacks do eventually <laughs> see a coaching change when, when they're not actually winning. I mean, they set the bar real high getting to that Super Bowl and losing. If they don't sniff it again in the next year or two, especially if they start throwing money and, and the windows shutting when they start paying Chase and if it is T. Higgins or whoever else gets gets the bag on that offense, they're I mean, that's the next logical move. We've seen teams do it before, but. That is one of the best AFC teams. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, he has two years tops if they're not back in the Super Bowl, at least, I think. Yeah. All right, sticking alphabetically with my two teams here, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, biggest deal they did was get the Lamar Jackson thing squared away. Uh, players that they brought in, Nelson Aguilar, thanks for nothing. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Josh Johnson, backup quarterback, who I also despise, and Odell Beckham Jr., who they brought in for way more money than you could have ever imagined. Um, a, a weird si- re-signing that they had. I, I couldn't believe the amount of money. Justice Hill, who's essentially done nothing, they re-signed to a two-year $4.5 million deal. <laughs> I... I I mean, we talk about how devalued the running back position is, and for that guy to get four point five million bucks when these other guys can't even get a fucking job just blew my mind. Um, who they lost? They lost Josh Oliver, who I always liked, pretty decent real life uh, tight end, not so much for fantasy. Demarcus Robinson, they lost, who is probably going to get cut by. Uh, forgot where he went. It doesn't matter because he's probably not going to be on a team for much longer. And Calais Campbell, but that's on the defense side of the ball. So for fantasy purposes, it doesn't matter. Didn't make any significant trades. And then in the draft, they had first round pick, 22nd overall, your favorite guy, Zay Flowers, who I, I do like the upside. It's an interesting wide receiver room. They, they did change their uh, offensive coordinator with Munkin coming in, who is traditionally more pass heavy. Not that I don't think Lamar Jackson isn't a good passer, but I just think the run first system benefits him more. I, it's going to be really interesting to see what this whole offense looks like with a, with a new guy at the helm. Um, third round, they took Trenton Simpson, linebacker, pretty interesting as a stash guy. Fourth round, Travis Robinson, another edge. Uh, worst name in the draft in the fifth round, Caillou Blue Kelly, a cornerback, took another offensive tackle with an Islander name who I cannot pronounce in the sixth, and then a guard in the seventh round. So offensively, they kind of attack that in free agency uh, opposed to the draft with the exception of Zay Flowers. Overall, I mean, Baltimore is a good team every year. They have a good GM, good owner, good coach. They're, they're always in the running, even even the last couple of years where they've had a shit ton of injuries and that team has still kind of hung in there and been competitive even when things were down. Uh, Vegas has them as a 10-win team. I had them at 12. You have them at 11. So we're both drinking the Kool-Aid. We like the over slightly, but I think uh, that 10 is kind of a good number. Last year, they also won 10 games. So seems seems to be where it should be. Yeah, half of the year without Lamar Jackson and shout out to Coach Burke, you know, randomly appearing in the chat right now. Miss Chappelle, uh, football as well. But Baltimore, I am just very confused with them, right? They're making a paradigm shift in their offense in this offseason while paying Lamar Jackson funny money to to do it. You know, like was the scheme designed for Lamar Jackson or was Lamar Jackson, you know, the re- I don't know how to say this. Like, you know, was it, was it to benefit Lamar Jackson or was it to benefit the Ravens? You know, that, that scheme, because he is an uber athletic player and, you know, the running backs, and then you tell me that they're resigning justice Hill. They still have uh, Gus Edwards. JK Dobbins is complaining. I think he wants a new contract. 
you know, like they uh, still obviously prioritize the running back to a certain degree, you know, but they went so heavy the other way with all these receivers. Drafting Zay Flowers, Adam Nelson Aguilar, Odell Beckham, still having Bateman. You know, they have Mark Andrews there. I mean, they have weapons galore now, but I still have concerns with Lamar Jackson's long-term viability because I still think a fair amount of his fantasy and NFL value is tied to his legs. And he is just so slight of frame, picked up injuries the last two years that he will not be able to continuously avoid the big hit for you know, in, in a few years when he loses, quote unquote, a step. So, I don't know. This is this is going to be an interesting year for Baltimore. If Munkin can come in and put his plan in place and execute, and this whole offense looks totally different, they could be lights out and he could be fucking QB1, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I, I go the – is that in the range of outcomes, yes – I pivot the other way. I mean, we're, you know, discussing Scott Fishbowl strategy and we're in a couple startups now and he's been on the clock or he's been on the board when we've been on the clock. To me, there's, I know what the upside is, but just with so much on paper changing with this offense, he scares the shit out of me too much in a league where if I, you know, like Scott Fishbowl, where I kind of, have to win <laughs> this year is essentially a you know giant GPP redraft kind of a thing. I I would rather go with like Burrow and, and I know you shouldn't play it safe, but he also has tremendous upside. Lamar Jackson could also be QB eighteen, just not being able to because he hasn't been asked to do it. I, I don't know if he's capable, but yeah, can he be a pass heavy? not run as much, be smarter with his legs guy. I don't know. We have to wait and see it a, a, a year from now. We could be doing Baltimore and we go, this guy's a, an elite NFL passer. Wouldn't shock me, but I don't know that yet. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see because the Baltimore Ravens have made the bet that he can with that contract. We have no choice. Yeah. <laughs> and they changed the offense. They could have just kept it the same, right? You know, definition yeah. of insanity. But listen, Lamar Jackson has never started more than 15 games in a season. And his high attempt season is 401. And that was the big 2019 season when he threw 36 touchdowns and had a 9% touchdown rate. He's going to 401 career high in a season. It's just, you know, do does he can he throw five, 600 passes like some of these new age quarterbacks? No. Well, he's not going to throw 600 because he's still going to run the ball. But can he get in the 500 pass attempts? And can he stay healthy for an entire season? That's what's going to tell the tale because he's still going to rush for seven or 800 yards. even if he To get runs. to 500, he's going to have to throw 5.8 extra passes a game. It doesn't Which, sound like much, but that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I mean, you know, we're talking a great scheme. It's 20, over 29 pass attempts per game. Right. So he's going to be looking at roughly 30 pass attempts a game, which again, isn't a huge number. I mean, Brady was in the six hundreds last year or the year before Justin Herbert for him. Yeah. I mean, six hundreds happen. So, I mean, 500 is reasonable in today's NFL, but it's just not been part of Lamar Jackson's NFL profile. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So from, Cincy and Baltimore to probably the the lesser half uh, of the division at this point in time. And I got Pittsburgh, who 
I just, I'm just not a fan of Pittsburgh, like the Steelers, the city, you know, really any, anything. I was, I was thrilled by the way, when I saw how this it. shook out that you were getting Pittsburgh. Cause I knew this was going to be a trashing. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, they're just not, they're not fun to talk about. They're not exciting. They're not interesting. <laughs> now they're free. Big free agency move is a trade for Allen Robinson, who is fully cooked. Okay, yeah, okay. what, what are we doing here? You know, listed as a starter in three wide sets. That that won't be for long. Get Calvin Austin in there and just at least have some explosion out of the slot. Allen Robinson is done. I don't care about the the stupid videos that you know Pickett's thrown him balls to you know against air. It just means nothing to me. <laughs> so uh, that was free agency for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What they do in the draft from an offensive skill position? They drafted a tight end slash offensive tackle in Darnell Washington at three thirty. That that that's what that's what's going to make them more of an offensive juggernaut. Uh, that's that's just Steelers in a nutshell. So win total eight and a half minus one fifty. They won nine in twenty twenty two, which I recall vividly saying that they were going to be like a four win team last year. Yes, and then you and I discussed how Mike Tomlin does not coach four win teams, and I watched them ugly. <laughs> their way to a by, by the way season. you nailed it you had them four and 13 a year ago i have yeah, my 100 2022 sheep <laughs> yeah yeah but listen i it, it's it's not gotten away from me i i i don't know where i 2023 them i think i was more reasonable just and i thought my goal was to get them around the 500 mark eight and nine Bingo, nine, and nine nine and not, eight yeah. so you know right on the number for them which is probably where they're going to end up They'll be competitive enough in this division. So death taxes and the Steelers staying above 500. That's that's what I wrote here, and that's what's going to happen. Um, we are running back, not running back position, running back the same team that we largely saw in 22. Even Matt Canada kept his job. They just don't fire people in Pittsburgh. They The Roonies have, like, the longest leash in mankind. They, like, mandatory 20-year head coaches, you know, <laughs> letting quarterbacks like Big Ben stay around for way too long, not firing Mike Matt Canada when he's deserved so for the last handful of years. But he's back. I will say the skill position group is solid. You're a huge Deontay Johnson fan. I like him. We both like George Pickens. I think he's great as a secondary receiver in an offense with a possession guy like Deontay Johnson. Blocks his ass off. Really makes sense for Pittsburgh. Pat Fryermuth, we all know I'm a huge fan of. I was team Take Friar moves late in the pitch draft. I think he's going to return value and be a, a tight end one this year in this offense and Najee Harris. So it's all going to fall on the shoulders of baby hands. Kenny Pickett to take the second year leap. I don't know that he can. He, he didn't look like a, a train wreck and there was progress uh, in his rookie season. I'm still just not a picket guy but he's going to be their quarterback for like a decade. I mean, that's just the reality of the situation. So he will be a viable fantasy starter in Superflex leagues because he's probably going to be in the, the 20 to 24 range, might be able to sneak up into the 16 to 20 range here and there. Does have a little mobility, has weapons. I just, I'm just not that enamored with the player, or the offense in general. And the other one thing I wanted to reference was, the running back snap share from week 14 on. So after Jalen Warren came back from injury and uh, 
Najee Harris had the plate removed from his foot. So when they were both kind of humming along, 292 running back snaps from week 14 on. Damien, oh, Damien, Najee Harris saw 57% of them. Jalen Warren saw 43% of them. That would scare the shit out of me as a Najee Harris. A little bit. Owner. And intrigue the shit out of me as a Jalen Warren believer. So I think we're looking at a 60-40 split in this backfield. They, you know, Najee Harris is already NFL old. He's like 25 years old already. They're going to just run him through his rookie contract and be done with him. Probably not even fifth-year option him. Jalen Warren's proved that he deserves touches in this offense. And while Mike Tomlin isn't, you know, it doesn't, doesn't usually do that. He's usually a one running back kind of guy, but I don't know. We haven't seen the production that I think they had hoped to get in Najee Harris when they drafted him. And Jalen Warren has been a welcome surprise for that offense. So I would temper expectations a little bit on Najee and, you know, maybe dip your toe into Jalen Warren waters if you can. You unintentionally gave me a fantastic segue to our next team. So you mentioned Pittsburgh not firing anybody. Since 1969, 1969, they have had three head coaches. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean. pivoting pivoting to my next and final team in the division, <laughs> the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns, uh, Mr. Matt Walker, how many coaches have the Cleveland Browns had since 1969? Well, two things. One, Chuck Knoll, Bill Cower, Mike Tomlin. Absolutely. Part of three coaches. That's three easy. Yeah. Anyone that's <laughs> worth a shit knows who the coaches were for the Steelers for longer than my life. How yeah. many coaches have the Browns had? Do a quick math. 69. So we're talking, what, 54 years? So, so we're at? Ruff, roughly. Yeah. Um, 55. <laughs> it's hard to no, say because, no, no, you know, no, where the NFL season starts and ends. With, I was going with more <laughs> 55. I was going with more head coaches than NFL season. Oh, but now 20. Let's go with 20. Oh, God damn. Good job. 21. <laughs> to be yeah, within they're, one. They're not long for coaches there in Cleveland. That I mean, even, is even Belichick ridiculous. was like, yeah. And then you look 21 at 21 to the, three. History of success over those years, and you go, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's self-explanatory. What a fucking disaster. <laughs> All right. Yeah. On to these. Uh, you got to trash Pittsburgh. I got to trash the Browns. It's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. On to this awful color scheme dog shit team. All right. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, free agency. Brought in defensive tackle. I know we're sticking to offense here. I was just blown away by this number. Dalvin Tomlinson. $57 million deal for a 29-year-old defensive tackle. Wrap your wrap your brain around that one. Speaking of why teams suck all the time, um, Juan, uh, Juan Thornhill safety came over from the Chiefs, a guy I liked uh, in IDP leagues. Uh, offensively, the only names they brought in, though, Jordan Akins, backup tight end, guy who we, you know, splashed some upside here and there, but he's not – supplanting Njoku as the starter there, and Marquise Goodwin, who I believe is 31 at wide receiver. Super speedy, but never that good. Who they, they who did they lose in free agency? Uh, Jacoby Brissett hit the road, uh, then some defensive players, uh, Taven Bryan, Chase Winovich, Greedy Williams. Dearness Johnson that they lost um, with Hunt not being re-signed yet, but him apparently not being in the future plans. With Johnson gone and Hunt seemingly not coming back, that really opens up 
that number two spot for uh, Jerome Ford, who we both kind of liked a year ago, kind of like him as a sneaky late round guy, especially if, if anything happens to Chubb. Jerome Ford is the guy, whether you like it or not. Um, as far as trades, they brought in your guy, Elijah Moore. And, of course, the elephant in the room, they're getting a full season, uh, full offseason prep of Deshaun Watson, who a year ago, what, didn't get to play till 10, 10 weeks in, if I'm not mistaken? He, he, he had to sit 10 weeks, yeah. So week 11 or 12, whatever their bye was. Yeah, yeah had to, 10 games suspension. Oh, yeah, 10 plus the bye. So. All right, mm-hmm. so that's what they – did coming and going with free agency and trades in the draft. Uh, third round, 11th pick, Cedric Tillman, wide receiver out of Tennessee, who I did like, um, didn't love the landing spot. Third round, I only wrote this down because it makes me laugh. Defensive tackle, Siaki Ika, which I like because a year or two ago they drafted that uh, linebacker, <laughs> Sitaki Takitaki or something. Uh, like that. So they have, Taki, yeah. Yes, so they have a lot of uh, – <laughs> goofball names on defense. I think he's gone anyway. Uh, fourth round, they took an offensive tackle. Uh, another fourth round pick, uh, defensive end in the fifth. Uh, quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson. Interesting stash guy. I don't know about him being a capable NFL quarterback, but I could see a team using him kind of in a uh, – you know, little goofy sub package thing you see every now and then. I, I could see him being athletic enough to squeeze himself on the field from time to time, but obviously not taking snaps from Watson anytime soon. Fifth round took a cornerback, Cameron Mitchell, and in the sixth round, Luke Whipler, uh, a center. I only bring up because, you know, offensive line is a good thing. That guy, I believe, was a two year starter at Ohio State, fell to the, um, Mid to late sixth, I think it was six thirteen, maybe. I can't can't read my writing. I'm a slob over here, but you know, could could be a decent uh, piece of that offensive line going forward. Overall, not blown away by what they did. This entire team is going to hinge on uh, Deshaun Watson being the Deshaun Watson of old, which they are banking on. They did get him some weapons. Let me bring in Elijah Moore in here. But I don't love them. Vegas has them at nine. I put them at nine. You put them at 10. So we're right where they were a year ago. They won seven. So we're anticipating a little uptick. But nine and eight, I mean, for a team that, you know, spent a shit ton of money to bring Watson in there, I I think Cleveland fans were expecting a little more at this point than nine and eight. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I huge Elijah Moore fan. I don't think you spent near enough time talking about <laughs> my man Elijah Moore. Bold hot take. Totally believe it because I want to believe it, but I think it's actually possible. He's top twenty receiver this year, Elijah Moore, and this offense. And a yeah, year from now, we're, we're, there could be no Amari Cooper, and they're still going to have prime Deshaun Watson, expecting a bounce back from him. Elijah Moore could be the top target earner in this Browns offense a year from now. He could yeah, be you, what you Mark I, Cooper's been the last two to three years. I am – it's a great landing spot. He had to get out of New York. They did not get along together there. Then they brought in Wilson. He was relegated. I love the landing spot for him in Cleveland. I am I think this so whole optimistic. team – right? I mean, this whole thing hinges on Watson and what you think of Watson. And, I mean, you and I have talked about this a ton off the air – 
you're there. You think he's going to come back. I am still too chicken shit to pull the trigger on that and say it. So, I mean, I, I know you've got plenty of Watson. I know you're a huge Moore guy. So if you're right, you should have a, a, a good run of it. I don't have any exposure. So if I'm wrong, it doesn't hurt me anyway. So I, for your sake, I hope you're right. Yeah. I mean, I, I usually am and we've seen it from Elijah Moore, even in a brief glimpse at the tail end of his rookie season. You know, so we've seen it in the NFL, and yeah, well, there's been a lot of flash wide receivers who have put together a handful of games and then totally disappeared. I get that. I believed in Moore's talent before he was drafted. I comped him to Antonio Brown. He showed it to me on the NFL field, and then he got proper fooked by the New York Jets, and now he landed fresh start in, again, what I believe is a great, situation for him so yeah super excited about Elijah Moore and then you mentioned Jerome Ford as well which last year we knew that Kareem Hunt wasn't long for the Cleveland Browns and that there was going to be opportunity for that you know kind of beta back in this offense now this could also mean an out you know an all-time season for Nick Chubb if he sees the carries that he has seen historically and can find his way into like 50 targets like 50 was it like three a game? You know, like that's that's all we need. And he could be running back one. Yeah. He could have a 20 touchdown season in this offense. And that's not hyperbole at all. This I think this is a stars aligned season for the Cleveland Browns. They had to go through the pains last year of integrating Deshaun Watson midseason. They've continued to bolster the offense, not only with Elijah Moore, bringing in Cedric Tillman. You know, they prepared for Kareem Hunt with, with Jerome Ford. I am excited to see, you know, I said about Baltimore, super excited to see what the Cleveland Browns do offensively this season as well, because I think they're going to open it up more and become more pass happy with, with the tools that they have uh, at their disposal. Mari Cooper, Eli Moore, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Cedric Tillman, um, David and Joku, you know, Chubb and Hunt and Chubb and Ford, like it's a solid offense. You know, the, the, oh, the, the pieces are there. Yeah. You know, that they're putting out there. So, you know, there's a, I like the two teams you got. Not that I like don't like Cincinnati, but Cincinnati was a boring conversation because they didn't do shit. And Pittsburgh, we all just know. I just don't. Yeah, I, hate <laughs> I hate Pittsburgh. So look, those are the two teams. I, if, if we would have picked, I would have picked your two teams to talk about. For the <laughs> 2019 uh, Nick Chubb is year age 24 season. He did have. Mm-hmm. 49 targets turned into 36 receptions for 278. So I, I would have liked to see a little more yardage. Did not get in the end zone. Only four receiving touchdowns over his career, which is kind of surprising because he's, you know, we think about like the way people thought of Fournette where he, oh, that, that guy's not a pass catcher. And for a while there, he was the pass catching back in, in Tampa. And, and I think Chubb has that in the range of his outcomes. I, I think he, could be if they just want to use him a little more, but he's also unfortunately, I don't think ever played a full season. Oh, he did uh, his first two years, but since then, 12, 14. Oh, he did play all last year, which I did. I thought he missed a couple of weeks because I thought Hunt was out there, but that was two years ago. So, you know, say, for yeah, the most part, what's that? I thought, I thought he was, I didn't think he missed a game last year because I have. Yeah, so, I for the most part, I Fair mean, amount, pretty, so. pretty. Pretty durable guy. I mean, four, three of his four seasons at the running back position, which is notoriously injury, uh, I was going to say prone, but injury occurrent. Uh, yeah, he's, he's played the full year. So no reason to think that that can't happen again. Super 
stud running back. And yeah, I, I think like you said, if things kind of go the way they can, he has legit top of the group running back the RB one in his range of outcomes. If things click here, uh, the, the crazy thing with Chubb and looking at this I'm, and things we should probably know, he's only had a 300 carry season once and it took yeah. the NFL 17 game season to happen. You know, everyone knows Chubb's never averaged under five yards per carry. He's just the king of five plus yard per carry seasons. You mentioned his 49 target season, but he's been consistent even with reduced targets. He's 8.3 yards per reception. He's actually gotten better the last three years at 8.7, yeah. 8.9, and 9.4. And he's become better at securing the ball. I mean, he had an 89% reception season, 80%, and a 73%. So he's he's not a li- he's not they, they paint him as a liability. I'm like, I get it. He's not as good as Kareem Hunt, but he's not a liability. Uh, you no. know, get him on the edge. It's the, the same shit that it took forever to do with Derrick Henry. And then when you saw that the Titans started throwing it to Derrick Henry on the edge and how explosive that big, fast human being could be without having to navigate through 300-pound men, you know, to get to the second level, you know, just take those guys right out of play and make him go against cornerbacks and safeties. 182 I mean, pounds. Yeah, come on. Give Chubb, you know, just give him some opportunity outside. I mean, and good things are going to happen. I'm very excited for – Nick Chubb season. How much are you, uh, you know, I know you like Watson and stuff and we're talking up Chubb. How much of you just gets scared shitless because it's the Browns, <laughs> you know, it just can't do yeah, nice things. Yeah. The more, I, being... I feel like the, the more excited we get about them every year, the worse they I, like their, their actual success is 100% inverse from, uh, the, the feelings versus reality every year Yeah, from expectations. Yeah. I mean, not being a Cleveland fan or suffering uh, as they have, I, I guess I don't align directly with it. Also, like I wasn't a Baker Mayfield guy. I know you were. So even like the last the years of Baker where they actually were kind of good and had some fantasy, you know, viable fantasy assets, like they haven't been this, you know, wasteland the last several years of fantasy football, but yeah, there is a stink on them. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, you talk about the head coaches they've had in the last 50 some years. I mean, how many quarterbacks have they had during that 50 year stretch? That's probably an NFL high as well. Everyone knows the Jersey that just the guy just adds another name to the bottom of the Jersey every year. I mean, they're hoping Deshaun Watson changes that for the next four to five years, if not more. Going to need to turn things around. Yeah. I think that's it. I think we finished our second division. AFC North is in the books. Uh, Thanks for checking this out. We're going to, next couple weeks here, complete the AFC and then move on to the NFC. So hopefully you get some value out of this little preview. Uh, But that should do it for us. Walk, got anything else? No, sir. Cool. For myself, John DeBarry, and my co-host, Mr. Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here.
Yeah, yeah, something like nine, ten, eleven, twelve, or it was eight, nine, ten, eleven, something like that. So I traded, I think, two of those Tyreek Hill to go up and get. Oh no, I had, I had number. Did I have two or one? I don't know. I ended up with one and two, whatever the fuck I traded. So I took Davis and Fournette, and then um, yeah, my. my I think I traded with my brother, who with those picks took. I think he got Juju and Cooper Cup. I had other pick. I must have kept some of my later picks because I ended up also getting Kareem Hunt and fucking Njoku. Ah. So I had, yeah, Corey Davis. Was the worst? Was it the worst thing that ever happened? Yeah. No, and and Hunt. I mean, for fucking two years, Hunt was amazing. <laughs> Stupid asshole. <laughs> He kept his footsies to himself in it all way. He'd still be the Chiefs. He'd be a fucking top five running back. The he Chiefs might, trajectory is. He might be a Hall of Famer. Oh. He might, might have been a Hall of Famer. Yeah. If uh, if you could fix stupid. Yeah. That was uh, a man had. And. <laughs> it all lined up for him. And my, my greatest prediction of all time. Was fumble on his first touch oh, in the monster. NFL. It, it was fantastic. And <laughs> Andy Reid, right back to him. Right. Yeah. Rocket ship. Yeah. Oh, what a start. God mm. damn it. Yeah, and then the, the epic fall from grace. And the, if he would have just told the redemption truth, to the Browns, get, and then they shelved him, and now no one wants to slide him. And don't forget, he didn't get cut because he did it. He got cut because he lied to he him lied. about it. If that yeah, guy would have just – the Chiefs don't care. <laughs> They've had tons yeah, they, of shit bags in that team. Yeah. You can't lie to us. Now we, now we don't trust you. All right? It's just a golden rule. Just don't lie. All right? Yeah. He would have still been there. Yeah. Idiot. Yeah. He would have ate a six-game suspension, and he'd uh, – Oh, no, not back two, then. Not back oh, yeah. then. You're, you're, you're right. <laughs> no. and, he would have, and he'd have two Super Bowl rings. <laughs> he would have had a, a fucking – a two-game at worst. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah, a world where we didn't we wouldn't miss any time. Yeah, that, there was he a got, world. He didn't he get pinched. six games? I felt like he he got suspended by the league. That's why I was saying it. People were going was, nuts. Yes, people were. Yeah, going I mean crazy. that's what I'm saying. So he, he would have still caught that suspension because of the video. So he probably is you know six games and then he, he leaves it behind him. Well, rather than wallowing away in Cleveland for a few years, and now he's post apex. Gonna be looking for an, a camp injury to sign somewhere. As a I think he thinks about that in bed. I think he's laying there like, "Fuck, what was I doing?" <laughs> I mean, it's probably played on loop in his house at all times. Oh God! Yeah, if not, definitely in his head. So. 